Hi, everyone. This is Faye from Faye's World Media, and it is almost 11.40 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here. And I'm here with Coach Chris Michelle, who I met through Michael Roderick and Jason Van Orton's group, podcasting group. And I think we kind of hit it off right away. There were 50 other people in the group, but it was so lovely to catch up with you. There's something about your presence, your voice, uh, your demeanor, and, and your book uh, that really captured my attention. So it's going to like take over the screen right now for people. And I had a lot of questions looking at this cover and thinking what it might be about. And then since then, I've made the purchase. Uh, link in description wherever you. you're watching this. Um, so welcome, Chris. I'm so glad we could share this conversation today. Oh, thank you, Faye. I, I'm looking forward to the conversation. And, and like you said, we've had a couple of conversations, kind of an intro and just the initial meeting, I was like, oh, I need to talk to this person. There's so much there. And so I'm, I'm a fan, by the way. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to fan out on you. So <laughs> I, I have to, this is so interesting, right? Like, I just want to take a moment, something I learned today in a conversation about when two people come together uh, and the third person is created is born because we have different personas, but I also think we bring out different aspects of ourselves when we're in conversation with one another. And I have to tell people that I have been a fan of your work, not even something that you're currently working on known for in this moment. But when it comes to HVAC, I didn't even know what that word meant until I bought a house. And currently, for people who don't know, I'm going through this, not a crisis, but because of Chris, now I fully understand all the proposals, all the things that are presented to me. And I don't want to, again, position Chris here as the HVAC expert, because he truly is for, for just for everyday people to understand it from a uh, business perspective, what are the options? How do you break down something that frankly, it's so complicated that you need decades to study for and every component that you need to understand to make a decision. Uh, that's truly a, a form of art. So I really, I'm really thankful to have met you. And then you spend an hour walking me through all those options. Very recently. well, you're certainly welcome. And it, it's, you know, it's really funny, Faye. I had a conversation with my brother, my older brother, a couple of months ago. He doing something similar, right? He was, but he's renovating his house, and he had questions. But he's got this turn of the century house, like from the early 1900s, and so they literally pulled this thing down, right? They tore it down to the to the bare bones, and they were replacing HVAC. And he said, "Can you, can you um, have a conversation with me? Anyone to pay me?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, don't. Just we're just having a conversation," and so. When we finished the conversation, one of the best compliments I've ever gotten, he said, you made this so easy for me to understand. You you put it in lay terms that anybody can understand. And really having conversations with people like you, Faye, and, and others, it's just, that's what I love doing. And I love to to take this, what we, we think is this horribly complex situation, right? And just break it down. And And you do that with the the youtube videos and and zoom meetings right i mean the things that you do and that's where i became a fan right because i was like oh my gosh look at all this stuff that she can teach me but <laughs> so i understand that and i appreciate that so thank you for the kind words and but it is what i do and that's why i work in the business that i do i've been in and around hvac for 18 years so yeah. it's kind of what i do yeah. So for as a clarifying question, that's something we didn't even get to catch up about. Like people who are watching right now, no matter where you are, drop by, let us know, just say hi. We're going to be talking about book, life, some of the heavier subjects that people don't actually talk about. I'm um, just as a heads up, probably we'll be talking about 
uh, topics related to starting your business, but also suicide and writing a book and all the, all that effort. Um, and, and Chris, like, is that something is HVAC consultation service? Is this something that you still actively pursuing or that's kind of in the, in the background now in the past? So for the first, I started in HVAC in about 2004 and in 2004, and I started out as a person that would go into the home and have a discussion with you. Right. So you, you've had those conversations with the people that you met with. Mm-hmm. And I would be that person. I would come in and we'd have the conversation and I would break everything down and, and try and make it as, as simple and understanding as possible. I got into management. I started doing sales and general management. I ran heating and air conditioning companies and operations and all of these things. So I got to see kind of all sides of it. And then I went to work for a manufacturer and a global manufacturer, one of the top ones in the world. And that another eye-opening experience, right? So I have all of this understanding. And when you spend that much time around an industry, right, you see all mm-hmm. sides of it and you really get to understand it. And hopefully you continue to learn along the way, right? So that's kind of my journey in in heating and air. And so, yes, do I still do it? Not really. I don't still meet with homeowners. But when I do ride-alongs with some of my clients or with some of the people that I do get to work with, I do get to meet with homeowners still. And I get to have these some of these simple conversations, right? Mm, so that's interesting. Uh, and then what would be, how will you spend the majority of your time these days, writing, speaking, um, I, I want to not just, you know, we're not just having a conversation to promote it. I think this is such a unique opportunity for people to actually understand who you are and what you do, what you currently are focusing on. Sure. So about a year and a half ago, I got an opportunity to start my own business and I now am a sales and business coach for the home services really. So it's not just heating and air in HVAC, mm-hmm. but heating and air, plumbing, electrical, uh, roofers, I mean, anything to do with the home services, I get to help them because, and, and I look at it from a holistic standpoint, because sales is sales. In a lot of ways, sales is sales. Now, I have to understand about landscaping, which I do, but I also have to understand about roofing. And, and I do work with Habitat on the weekends. So I understand about the construction business in general, right? So because I understand all these uh, all of these different aspects of the construction or home services industries, I'm able to speak to each one of those and help each one of them to develop a better sales process. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they don't have one or metrics or KPIs, different things like that I get to help with to develop that particular piece of their business so that they can be more profitable and so that they can work on the things that they love to work on, which is really helping homeowners and Mm-hmm. you know, getting them more comfortable, right. And, and getting to them into a, a safer environment sometimes, right. I mean, sometimes we just don't realize how dangerous the situation is. Right. Yeah. Um, but so that's what I do now. I, I work with um, individuals. I also work with companies. Uh, as you were talking about my book, I, I wrote a book. It, it came out the red chair experience a couple of months ago. And so there it is. And so, right, I step aside, but, um, so I, I wrote that and and that is taking on a life of its own because Mm -hmm. of, as, as you and I have talked briefly about this, and we're going to talk a little bit further today, what's coming about from the book is this persona, as you said, right, that there's an audience for this book and this book talks to people about the emotional side of things. And, and that's really what I've learned over the last probably five years 
really in depth as I've gone through these different life experiences that we all get to go through, right? But they talk about the the top five things you shouldn't do, right? You shouldn't move. You shouldn't get divorced. You shouldn't get married. You shouldn't have babies. You shouldn't, right? You shouldn't do all these things, change jobs. You shouldn't do all these things, birth, death. You shouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they, I say shouldn't, but they say those are the top five stressors, right? Well, guess what I've done in the last, you know, three years, right? So I, I've literally gotten to see and experience almost every one of those. Mm-hmm. And some of them were, were like back to back to back. So it, it was almost like the hits just keep on coming, right? And so I got to learn from an emotional standpoint how to listen, surrender. Um, I read a book called um, The Surrender Experiment by Mickey Singer, Michael Singer. And that taught me a whole lot about how to surrender to the things that are in your life, right? What's happening and what's going on. It doesn't mean you're defeated by it. It means you, you accept where you are and what's happening around you and you find the positive things around you, right? And you, and you learn from those things and you move through them. So Mm -hmm. that was a long-winded question or long-winded answer to your question. (laughs) Oh, no, I love it. And, and thanks for sharing the book. Um, recommended uh, by Chris. So here you go. Here's an Amazon link for people who want to check it out as well. Both Chris's book and this new one you mentioned, uh, Michael A. Singer, The Surrender Experiment. And I think one thing, uh, Chris, there's a lot to break down. So for people who want to learn more about HVAC, let me just say in my family, there has not been a single plumber, electrician, people in these jobs. And until I got a home two years ago, I thought to myself, everybody, to all my friends, my family, you guys are in the wrong business. What a fantastic skill to have growing up or at some point in your career to learn about all those things. Because literally seeing Kuhn on the ground in the basement, running around like, mom, hide. It is 20 degrees outside. We're all going to die. Let me call somebody. And you know, it is, you can freak out not having those skills. So I just want to highlight how important some of those skills are. And I wish that we can learn more in school and teach our kids uh, more about it. But then, you know, maybe we can elaborate more on making the connection to part of your work today, which is, you know, in the past few years, especially for some people, but like you said, in the past decade, maybe for you, for people you're close to, you've experimented, you've experienced a lot of things that are unpredictably just happened in front of your eyes. Um, and having to deal with them. So um, I think your book is a fantastic guide. And I think we should maybe talk about that and give people an idea of what it means. So um, to connect all the dots, I think, based on what you said, it's like, show, don't, uh, don't tell. But can I actually, you know what, Uh, I was thinking that maybe I can just quickly share, oh, unable to have permission to upload. Okay. So (laughs) it's like, it's so funny. Kindle may or may not allow us to actually share this, right? That's okay. Um, What date are you looking at? I I have my copy of the book right here. Fantastic. What what date are you looking at? You know, my, my birthday is on the 24th. Well, I started reading the book a few days ago. So I was looking at like June 18th, 19th, right? So this book that Chris has written called a red chair experience for people who are like, what is this? I don't know what's going on. Link in description. You can check out you know, the Kindle version. There's a physical copy as well. It is so lighthearted because as I was reading, like for instance, on my birthday, June 24th, which is in just a couple of days there, I love the fact that, you know, uh, you start always start with a quote to help people mm-hmm. visualize the book. 
the good part about getting older is that you stop trying to prove anything to anyone, including yourself. All you're in the pursuit of is a collective experience, beautiful, fragile little soap bubbles that you store in your heart. And every once in a while, you pull one out of the gaze and the delicate pictures it shows you. Uh, Twinkle Kana, I don't know who that is, but it's a Sounds really interesting. And you go into your own experience, your own writing, mm-hmm. and it ends today. There's an action item. There's a, uh, there's a not a to-do, but there's something to reflect upon, such as on the 24th today, I'll find the experiences that I have wanted or needed and plan to start living for those experiences. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is the exact reminder that I need. Um, mm-hmm. So you have uh, parts of that every single day. And I like the structure of that. And um yeah. How did you ideate this book to kind of connect all the dots? So part of it came about because I had been reading books like this that were similar to this. And the the book came about as a as a, a result of the death of my brother, um, who he, he died by suicide in September of 19. And six months later, we started the pandemic, right? We started what was this, this, we didn't know what it was. And all of a sudden it's hitting us like a freight train, right? And so two months after the beginning of the pandemic in May of 20, a buddy of mine sends me a meme and it says, if you're not during this pandemic, if you are not working to better yourself, working on a side hustle, doing something to improve your yourself, you didn't, it's not that you didn't have time. It's that you wasted your time. And that to me was kind of the catalyst. So shout out again to Mike Dixon. I, every time I mention that story, it's Mike Dixon was the guy who did that. And he shared that with me. And I don't think he was looking for, you know, some deep ethereal meaning, but that's just Mike, right? Mike just wanted to share that and and encourage me with that. So I took that and it went, it, it just really hit home for me. And I said, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. What's it about? Well, these daily inspirations really kind of came around, right? And so that's what it was for me was this daily inspiration. And I got the opportunity to start writing it. And so that's really where it came from. But I love the idea and I was fascinated by these different quotes, right? So there's a, there's a quote in there from Snoop Dogg, right? And he talks about the, the gap and there's, uh, you know, there's, um, Hyaclides is, is also, and I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing that properly, but you know, these great philosophers and, and, uh, years gone by, right. And, uh, you've got these, uh, Barack Obama and uh, Oprah Winfrey, right? I mean, people that we know, but then there's others. You're like, who's that person? Just like mm-hmm. you said, who who in the world is that? I looked at them and I, when I pulled out these quotes, when I was just searching for them and I was, uh, I, I really looked for something that inspired me that said, oh man, that, that really kind of hits home. And that relates to, like you said, open to opportunities, right? So on your birthday, you're, you're talking about open to, mm-hmm. are you open to opportunities? And so that to me kind of just hit home and it made sense to, to use that. Or a lot of the quotes really do just, they kind of tie into the, the topic, if you will. Mm-hmm. But that's where the whole idea came from. It was just, it was something I'd been reading for years and it was just one of those things where I was like, you know what, these, I kind of meshed them all together, if you will, and kind of came up with my version of it. So. And I also like the fact that the book kind of opens to in the middle, I downloaded the, uh, like, you know, sort of the e-version because I wanted to be able to access that right away. I would probably prefer the physical version, but I like how even on the, in the browser, it opens in the middle. Did you structure all the pages to be exactly like two pages were a little less? So every day is kind of opening to a new 
full new page? So I I really didn't structure it um, that way. It some of it works out that way. Some of it really works out that way. But the the reality is some of them are no more than three hundred words. Some mm-hmm. of them are eight hundred words. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's fascinating to me was when I was writing the book the number of words this is actually 130,000 words 400 pages okay oh wow longer so, than i thought okay right so if you take that 130,000 divide that by 366 you come up with about 3 i think it's 350 okay close to 3 350 350 words per so that's really what it is it's it's a blog post right mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a short blog post but it's a blog post and that was kind of the inspiration too was what is this something um, I wanted something that I could share on a regular basis with LinkedIn or Facebook or mm-hmm. right with my, hopefully my audience or mm-hmm. what I thought was my audience. Right. And, and just put that message out there. And like I said, the book has really taken on a, a world of its own because this isn't, there are sales things in it, but it's not specific to sales. Mm-hmm. And so if there is a sales thing that day, um, you may be able to apply it to whatever you do, whether it's marketing or or HR or mm-hmm. finance. Mm. Interesting when we, you know, we have interviewed a lot of authors on this podcast. And mm-hmm. I always trying to kind of leave uh, the audience with something like something related to learning or teaching. And obviously, like everyone processing the information differently. It's not like I don't actually believe in replicating success. Some of that can really be done in a very straightforward way. But um, I was thinking, like, when you wrote the book, who do you who did you think were your audience versus who are you witnessing as your true audience? People were really learning a lot from the book. Is there any gaps or discrepancies? So honestly, when I wrote it, it was for therapeutic or cathartic reasons. Because, yeah. again, it was my brother. And then we hit this pandemic. Right. And so I'm writing the book from May of 2020 to November of 21. That's, it took me about a year and a half to write it. And so every day I wasn't thinking, who's my audience? I was thinking for me personally, I was kind of writing what I, what I realized after this was all said and done about three weeks ago, I realized through having conversations with people that this was written to 10 years ago, me. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a book about understanding the emotional side of, of life, right? That is, as young men, in society, we're not taught to be emotional. Now, granted, some households, they do a fantastic job and they they really show the softness and the hardness, right? I mean, they show both sides of things and it's not mm-hmm. just about the logic, it's about the emotional, right? Mm-hmm. But for a, a number of us men, when we grew up, we weren't taught that emotional side. We weren't taught the, the you know, touchy-feely kind of stuff and how to let emotions wash over you and, and to sit in them and to experience them and then to move forward, right? Not Mm -hmm. to move on, but to move forward. Right. And so that's what I started to learn when all of these things were going on, because I had been through this, uh, this uh, divorce, I lost my job, right. Changed or not lost my job, changed jobs, moved. Um, you know, my daughter got married, my, I started a health journey, right. Started because there was a lot of things that were going on with my gut health. And so I, I ended up going, uh, gluten-free and vegan and, or mostly plant-based. Yeah. We didn't talk about that yet. I know. <laughs> so, I and so, as well. yeah, awesome. yeah. So 
but I did it because I'd seen all these things that were going on with my life. Right. So all of this stuff is happening. And then my brother dies mm. and then we hit the pandemic. And then what, um, in, in February of 21, my, my, my dad died. And then mm. in March of 21, my grandson was born. So my, my oldest daughter had her first son. And literally days after he was born, I'm in the hospital with COVID pneumonia and dealing with that for a week. And then I get out, I finish the book and here we are. Right. And it's mm -hmm. like, all of this stuff has gone on during this short period of time, right. During this couple, two, three year window. And that really is what spoke to what I was trying to do. So I wasn't, I didn't have a person in mind other than probably me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was, it literally just became this, this therapeutic type of, of conversation that I was having. And so as I, I was going through therapy at the time because of all the things were happening, but I was talking with somebody and, and, you know, writing this book and it, it really just became, if you will, kind of a, an extension of journaling, right. Mm -hmm. For me. And so when I first exposed, if you will, the, some of the, the pages of the book to people, they were kind of taken back by it. They're like, wow, that's really vulnerable. Are you, are you sure you want to do that? Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm okay with doing that because again, I was learning to be more, if you will, emotional, right. Mm -hmm. I was learning to be the, this, this other version of myself that was there, but just never really came out. So. Yeah, because you were a football player. I saw that. And I, I assume the way that you brought up, I, you know, people, I assume we make a lot of assumptions when we meet people for the first time. I know that you have uh, tremendous respect for your stepfather as well, which you've written about. Um, I, but even as a woman growing up in the 80s and the 90s, I, I too remember how vulnerability is seen to be a bad thing. Like you are supposed mm -hmm. to hide your emotions. You've been instructed right. specifically to do so. When my dad was diagnosed with cancer, we all mm -hmm. know it was stage three. Esophageal cancer didn't really, still don't have a ton of a breakthrough um, right. experimentations. Uh, you know, I remember myself landing in Beijing, China after a 24 hour flight. Everybody saw me as like, we're driving to the hospital now. Don't cry. Don't cry when you see your dad. Oh, wow. And then, you know, lately, you just last night, I was watching a film. I think it's called The Old Man. I do recommend it's on Hulu. I really look forward to it. Of course, okay. I know it's not about the old man. Uh, <laughs> of course, he's got some special abilities. But it was right. crazy. One of the scenes was about this, this grandson losing his parents. And then the grandpa, mm. like, oh, had to run away uh, and then cry. And then the grandma mm. came over and was like, have you ever thought that you might be able to cry with him? Can you maybe you can cry in front of him? It was so transformative yeah. for me to hear that. And, you know, that's, yeah, I'm going to pause because I really want to get into therapy. I had to write it down so I don't forget. I do want to talk about therapy, but any, any thoughts from you? <laughs> no, I, uh, so I just watched a show last night. Some friends had told me about this and uh, my girlfriend had mentioned it as well. It's called Hustle, right? It's mm -hmm. on Netflix and it's, um, it's a really cool movie about basketball and, um, the the main character is is gets the opportunity to stand up for himself but also for somebody else who had he had this unfortunate experience in his life that he was raising his daughter 
He was living with his mom, right? So the three of them are living kind of in this poverty stricken situation in Spain. And this guy comes over from the US and he discovers this guy. He's a phenomenal basketball player, but he needs some work, right? He needs to do these things. Well, towards the very end, no, spoiler alert, but towards the end of the movie, mom and son are talking and um, he was disappointed about where he was in his life and what was going on. But the the storyline really kind of took a hook for me right there, which was mom said, when I got here and saw you, you were the person I knew you could be and what, and you wanted to be, you were so different. You had changed so much. You had taken the weight off of your shoulders and put it on this other guy, this, this American, right. Who came over to help him. And he said, uh, and she said, you became, uh, he became the mighty Oak for you. Mm. And the, the cool thing for that was how often do we, as people think that we have to be this, this, uh, you know, this tough mm. person, right. To your point, don't cry in front of dad you know, yeah, he's dying or these things are going on. Don't make it worse by crying in front of Don't him. Don't make it worse. Right. Why? Wait, how am I making it worse? Right. I'm showing the, the, the love that I have for this person. I'm showing the emotion that is being brought out by these things. Right. Mm. And so I can sit and watch these movies now and, and be brought to tears. Right. Because mm. I see the emotional side of it and it brings chills to me about, you know, the conversation and, wanting that for my kids, right? I want to make sure that I have those conversations and tell them how proud I am of them and, and how much mm. I love them. Mm. And I do that on the regular because that wasn't something that was provided for me when I was growing up, right? It wasn't, yeah. I'm proud of you. I think you're awesome. You're doing amazing things. And I do, I, I mean, I love my kids. They're doing amazing things and it's watching them grow and flourish into the women that, that they are becoming. is just right. It's, it's amazing. It's really, really cool. Mm. Yeah. I can tell just how proud you are of uh, both of your daughters. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing. Like you're, I just have this sense of like, you're accepting them yeah. as who they are and they can, they can share these real conversations with you. They don't have to hide or filter or change the narrative somehow. Um, that, that is beautiful. So I want to touch upon the therapy. It's something sure. that I feel so, you know, admitting therapy. Oh, oh by the way, I have an, I have a session coming up right after this. <laughs> <laughs> Literally not kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, a, a big shout out to uh, Metal Health, actually. Uh, M-E-T-T-L-E. Um, I can't believe I actually get to say this, but I have a session in an hour um, with Dr. BJ Miller. They're all their therapists are just amazing. For me, I don't, they, they specialize, a quick shout out, but I want some information speaking of the the issues of uh, where the challenges of suicide, disability, uh, palliative care, grief, there are things that are anticipatory grief as in that you're, you know, that could be happening when your friend is sick and while you're in the middle of it, I don't have to elaborate further on that. I remember that yeah. I finally understood what being in the trenches meant, like really yeah. for real struggling, everyday struggle, everyday fear. Um, when my dad was sick, especially towards the end, as in the whole year, I was down to 105 pounds. I see the pictures of myself. I couldn't, wow. I was eating. I was more or less sleeping. I didn't even think twice about it, but right. man, I've never been that light ever in my life. And, um, and just frail. And, yeah. and then post the, this like traumatic stress, that was also so real, not yeah. being able to process that and have it be part of your body, um, is tremendous. So I would admit first and first and foremost that, um, you know, I started, my dad passed away when I was 26. I started therapy immediately. I couldn't really tell my family and, and some of my friends in, in China, mm. they didn't get it. They would be worried about me if I 
that would be my choice. And I did it again towards my late 20s. And I had this gap of no therapy, nothing. Oh, phase world is thriving, business. And then I realized, you know what? Now in this moment, my mom's here with me safe. We're in good health. Now is the time for me to really ramp up, mm. learn as much as I can to be in a good place. Um, sure. It's a privilege. So that's what I'm doing. And yeah. I encourage everybody to not think of therapy as in, I'm okay. Nobody's dying right now, actively dying. Um, so that that's kind of my experience. I want to be vulnerable first. But but Chris, please share what you have learned in therapy or why you started that. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that because a lot of us we we feel like it's shameful for us to have that conversation, right? And and I know that that a lot of the Chinese culture is and Japanese culture is about honor. It's always about you know saving face and and that kind of stuff. And so I appreciate you sharing that and. and because it's not an easy thing, right? For us mm -hmm. to stand up and say, hey, you know what? I'm getting help, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm raising my hand and saying, "I, yeah, things are going well. But um, it, to your point, I've had a bit of a gap mm -hmm. um, where I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm in a good place and, and things are moving in the right direction and I can go ahead and take a break. Mm -hmm. But there's been something calling me back to say, hey, it's time to check back in, right? It's time to have those conversations again. And there's and even as good as a, a relationship as you have with your BFF, right? And, mm -hmm. and it could be your parents, it could be your mom, your dad, whatever, but mm -hmm. as good a relationship as you have, mm -hmm. there's still some things you may not be able to have that conversation with mm -hmm. them about, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's always good to have that, that check-in with the mental health, right? And uh, one of my dear friends from high school, her name's Carmen, shout out to Carmen, um, but, but Carmen, I mean, she uh, decided to, she chose to walk into that profession, right? And good on her. And I appreciate all of her work around that. And people like her, right? That that step out on the front lines and say, hey, I can do this. My aunt is another person um, who does this on the regular. I mean, she helps people. She mm -hmm. really does help people. And it's, and I love going to visit her. She's kind of therapy. Every time I go visit her, it's kind of cool. Yeah, but, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, for me personally, I, I'm a huge believer in it now. I, I didn't understand it before. And again, it was, uh, it was a sign of weakness, right? It was the mm -hmm. sign of, well, you can't do that because then people will think you're weak and you can't be tough. Being a football player, growing up in an all male household, right? I, I grew up in a single parent household with all males, right? So it was just me and my two brothers and my dad. And again, not a lot of touchy feeling, not a lot of um, expressions of love going on there other than here, let me provide a roof over your head. Let me feed, you know, make sure that there's food on the table and that kind of thing. Um, mm. those kind of things, you know, kind of stunt that growth, if you will. And so learning these things and seeing them, I'm, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We're all not perfect. Right. But we all get the opportunity to raise our hand and say, Hey, I do need some help. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we're seeing that more and more. I love the the fact that some of these, you know, main athletes are stepping out and saying, Hey, I'm not okay. I need to take a break. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Simone Biles, when she stepped out of the Olympics, I mean, that was her shining moment and she does what she steps back and she goes, not right now. I, I just can't. Mm -hmm. And good for her. Right. Mm -hmm. And we all have that opportunity. Sometimes we have to step back and say, not right now. I need a break. I need to, I need to spend time on my own. To your point, after my brother died, there were many days where I caught myself, you know, just kind of in this, in this funk, right. In this, in this place of like, what, what am I doing? Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it happens to all of us, right. If we understand what's happening. 
Um, same thing. I was going through my health journey at the time and I went on a total elimination diet and my brother died. And then, you know, I'm starting to learn about this stuff with my body. And I literally, um, got to a size that was, um, pre high school. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, for me, I'm six foot five. Okay. Let's, let's start with that. I'm, <laughs> I'm six foot five. So, uh, you know, if you go by all the charts and everything, I should be somewhere between, uh, what is it like 209 and 185 pounds, which is a bunch of junk anyways. No, they're it's so yeah, they're so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I did, I, I got back down to uh, under 210 pounds and mm. I had never been that small. And since I was in high school mm. and so, uh, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm at, at really at the weight that I played college football at right now. So I'm, I'm in a healthy spot. I'm in a good spot. I do Bikram yoga on Sundays, right? I, I do all kinds good of for good you. Wow. So, yeah. I just want to take a moment and, and say like all these virtual meetings and zoom meetings, I noticed like, right. If I just lean in, we're like the same size. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think this is so interesting. Like whenever I've got to say in the past three years, and frankly, like, I'm just going to derail for a quick second, the five, five, seven years because of the internet and meeting different people. Dory Clark, Seth Godin, huge shout out of these communities all around the US, even around the world. I never get to meet these people. I so want them to be like close to me by proximity, be part of my life. And I see them on Zoom or some, you know, Google Meet. And until I meet them finally, or like we start talking about describing ourselves, I'll be like, what? You yeah. recently had another like Stephen Thompson, you are six four. The entire group was shocked. We right? all have this, like this very like, you know, kind of like average size, like very cuddle. It's just so funny that right. like people with or without masks on these days, you can't tell who's who anymore. Like right. start introducing myself. And Jesse's like, what? I've known each other for oh, I just I didn't recognize this was you. Yeah. It's so weird. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just now getting out to some meetings where we haven't met forever. Right. We've been on zoom meetings and people see me and I'm like, right. I, I met this woman that, um, at a, at an event, probably it's been a year now, but I yeah. met her at an event and, and she was like, we looked eye to eye. She was six foot one. She is six foot one, uh, six <laughs> foot six foot one. And I was like, wow, Iris, I had no idea. And it was really kind of cool, right? Because we were having this conversation. Yeah. But yeah, you, you don't get to see these people and you all, we all look the same size, right? We all have the same screen, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I could be six four right now. So there you go. yeah, so don't, exactly. Don't tempt to, uh, I, I, this is another thing like my, um, I, the other day I was just reflecting on when you are, uh, you know, I'm five four, so I'm like, I'm not tiny or anything, but it's like there's part of my life I look back on. I was like, I always wanted to look and appear to be more intimidating. Like I always thought it was really cool. Like people look at me once, I turn around. It's like I want them to take a step back and not to mess with me. Obviously, it's never, ever happened in my life. So I'm still waiting for that moment. Um, that's not in the, you know, like a Taekwondo dojang or something. Uh, that's like a fantasy for me. But uh, yeah, so Chris, based on what you said, it actually reflected mm -hmm. one of the articles as much as I love your writing on my birthday, June 24th, there's something that hit me uh, on June 21st, which was what yesterday as I was preparing for this, yeah. um, this kind of worked out beautifully because literally in that moment, five minutes before my mom shared a WeChat article with me 
according is all in Chinese. So I had to listen to it. It says, according to the Washington Post, and of course I couldn't find that actual article, is that the 10 most you know luxury items that you could possibly possess in life. And I immediately I was going to turn it off because I didn't want to hear another talk about Louis Vuitton bags or something, right? right. And then of course, none of those 10 things has anything to do with goods or, or you know expensive items instead mm. it was all about you know you know your peace of mind and a healthy mindset a belief system mm. uh, being able to sleep well and then there's one thing that really hit me the final thing was the ability to light up other people so i um just mm. a, it's a very short uh quote a very short article i'm not going to read the whole thing give it away but on um, uh I'll, so selfless Faye, if you i was gonna say Faye, if you'd like i'll read it oh I yeah please do on I'll, I'll read it. June 21st. Okay. June 21st, selflessness. It is amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. That was Harry S. Truman. Do you go about your life seeing what you can get out of everyone else? Or do you find ways to use your talents and abilities to help others excel or progress? Often we are more concerned about our next promotion, our credit for doing the right thing, or our self-promotion versus lifting other people up. Do you like, do you look for ways that you can help others grow or are you just making yourself look better? Learning the value and joy of helping others to grow and mature is incredible, especially when done with no ulterior motives. This can be a hard lesson to learn when most of what we hear is what's in it for me. Being selfish means loving others more. Being selfless means loving others more than yourself. The other side of this is codependency, where you are reliant upon helping others in their bad habits or character traits. Being able to find the balance is a good thing and can be a refreshing reward. Today, I will look for ways to lift up others with a pure heart and see the self selfishness that I can put aside for others. So, yeah, that's one of the shorter ones, too. So how how's that for a, uh, you know, like a different approach that just kind of hit me because I feel like what really in a selfish way, the projects that the projects that the events, not just projects, people and things that I'm doing that give me such tremendous amount of satisfaction and energy are the ones that I get to light up something in someone else, yeah. uh, especially in ways that they may not be able to do it on their own. So um, that is just I have to say, I always say I almost feel selfish to like mm. feel that tremendous amount of joy. Um, one of the projects uh, I have to give a shout out is Gustavo Serafini's Enable Disable project. We started in April last year. And at this point, you know, I can't believe the project. Is, I told him just now, like an hour ago, a year and two months, we've interviewed more than 50 people with mm -hmm. um, people who recognize, identify themselves uh, as with a disability, some with invisible disabilities. Mm -hmm. And now, I mean, guys, at this point, you know, go to the website, enabledisable.com. But then in July, for instance, you know, Gustavo was invited not only beyond the Omnium Circus, which is the only circus to feature people, everyone with some sort of with a disability to be in a circus act. And uh, they're not yet a traveling tour. I really hope they become one. And now, you know, Gustavo's on the on the board as a board member and he's invited to speak uh, at the New York Public wow. Library in a four week series in July to talk about. You know, all of, you know, all of, all of these things. It's just like, wow, it, it's just incredible. So when Very I read cool. this, I was like, every word resonated with me and makes mm. me think about what I want to do, start doing, continue doing, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, this is what I love about the book, right? It, something that hits you today, 
it may not resonate with you tomorrow, right? You may have you may have had your fill of of learning about those things for tomorrow, right? But uh, one day you pick it up and you go, "Wow, okay, this this really hit home." And that's what I tried to describe in the introduction, right? And I don't know if you got a chance to read that, but that's what I really describe in the introduction is just take it for what it is. Some days it's going to hit you, and other days not so much, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But keep coming back to it because you're going to find things every single time. I, I still, by the way, I do read this every morning and it's not mm-hmm. out of, oh, what, what did I, what powerful words did I have to say? It has nothing to do with that. It's, I literally read it and I go, okay, that was good. That really hit mm-hmm. home for me. And that resonated or eh, not so much. Let me, let me pick up one of the other books I read. So I read four different books every morning. This is just one of them. Mm, wow. So what has hit you? the most recently, whether it's from your own book, don't worry, it's like shout out's fine, or other books. There's something that kind of hit you, something you need recently. I think the thing that keeps resonating with me is is this being honest with yourself and mm-hmm. and the the ability to be in touch, be present, be be aware of what's going on around you and not just kind of do your own thing, right? Just go about your business and and forget about others. But really mm-hmm thinking about what's going on, what's happening around you, right? Our anxiety is caused by this fear of everything happening or collapsing around us, right? Mm. Or these these feelings that we get that are some sometimes justified, but most of the times probably not. And mm. I, I'm not speaking for anybody in their anxiety. I'm speaking to myself. But for me, my anxiety is brought about by this fear of what I should have done or could have done or, or, you know, what about this? And what about that? Could this happen? Could that happen? Right. And then I start thinking and worrying about all these things that are really out of my control. Mm-hmm. And then when I look at my feet and I realize that I'm planted firmly on the ground and, and I'm okay. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm safe. I'm in a safe spot. It can, it can really remove a lot of that. So for me, it's, it's the continued ability to stay present and, where I'm at right now and what's going on around me and being mindful of that or aware of that and and what's happening. Mm. Could you give us an example or like you maybe a practice where, you know, maybe sometimes for specific reasons where we're like, Oh, we're really upset. Something that, you know, it's there uh, like the boiler broke or something, but, uh, but also sometimes, you know, I've actually in the past month or so, there was like, I identified, I'm very lucky to say that it doesn't occur to me all that often, but there was one time I was just, everything was fine. And I walked around and all of a sudden, I just had this like a very quick sense of sadness or, or like emptiness. Mm. Be like, oh, when I'm here, what am I going to do? What did I do today? What am I going to do next? And then it it did go away fairly mm-hmm. quickly, but I also know some of my friends are kind of living in it pretty continuously. Yeah. And um, so have you experienced those moments and how do you like, uh, I hate to use the word snap yourself out of it. What do you do? Where do you be mm-hmm. in the present? Do you, do you move? Do you be in nat- Do you choose to be in nature? So it's going to be different for any, everybody, right? We all have our own tips and tricks and tools that work. And, and I would encourage everyone to do that, to find out what works for you. What typically, excuse me, what typically works for me is recognizing it. First and foremost, right? It's like anything mm-hmm. if you, they say, if you don't recognize that you have a problem, then you won't do anything about it, right? So mm-hmm. it's recognizing, wait, this is happening. And it's not it, it, it's not necessarily a problem. It's something that's coming up, right? It's an awareness that you go, hey, this is happening. I feel sad. Mm-hmm. Okay, why am I sad? What's happening? What's going on around me? And and I, the other day I woke up and I was completely overwhelmed. There was a lot of stuff going on and in and I was thinking about everything around me. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I sat in my chair and I read and then I just meditated and I, I kind of just washed everything away. And, and it's not that you forget it. I still had the same problems as when I sat down, right. And, and did that, but it was mm-hmm. the ability to be able to say, okay, I'm aware of this, this is happening. Mm-hmm. Now, what can I do with it? Right. Mm-hmm. And we all have that opportunity. If we, if we continue to feed it, what happens to the monster, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden you're out of control and you're hyperventilating, you can't breathe. And right. Mm-hmm. And now you can't function. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. recognizing first and foremost, and it's, it's becoming aware of it and then moving through that. Right. And you don't move past it. You move through it with whatever works for you, prayer, meditation, reading your Bible, reading uh, inspirational books like this. Right listening to music right sometimes mm-hmm. for people it's it's it could be listening to uh like reiki or meditation mu- music right or uh classical music or whatever right some people just need some tor- sort of thing to help kind of ground them and that's mm-hmm. what i do that's that works for me and and i would encourage people to find out what that is for them and and kind of gravitate to that recognize mm-hmm. what's going on and then gravitate to what you know is going to help you to move through what's going on Mm, I love the tips like reading, meditating. Um, Something else I found for me, for instance, if it resonates with anybody who's listening here is visuals really help me. Uh, I have stickers in front of me right now, like certain mantra. I just have to remind myself, like letting go, like for instance, letting go relationships that no longer serve us in the right way. You know, doesn't mean you have to go out there and announce it to people. I think that's really hard for me you know, being an only child and, and all that and traveling and moving and saying goodbyes constantly. Uh, there's a sense of like, okay, I'm, I'm alone. I've been an only child, but at the same time, it's like, I don't have an, a, that very, I don't have a ton of very close intimate relationships and I kind of want to nurture, but then sometimes you're sure. like, you gotta let go. Sometimes sure. people always tra- travel through your life. Like there mm-hmm. might be super close now, you're distanced for a while, they might come back in. And for us of force, certain relationships is not helpful. But um, I also wrote down, be patient with yourself. Uh, do less work, focus on you, meditate twice a day. Be- meditating twice a day, I learned from David G recently. Chris, yeah. I'd love for you to check out his work as well. Yeah. Um, we always sometimes rely on the one meditation, morning, evening. But then he said, giving yourself like that two times, like twice a day, mm. that chance, yeah. you, you hit the core more easily. And for me, I'm not a great guitar player or a ukulele player, but it's visually it's there. I can even see yeah. it when I go on a Zoom call. So when I'm stressed in between, you'd be like, you know what? Let me just hit some chords. Let me just learn one thing five minutes a day. And that really transforms me. Um, but obviously the best, if possible, is for me to, I take two walks every single day, each at about like 45 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour. Um, and then sometimes I listen to music. Um, I try not to listen to podcasts. I keep thinking and working. And then I turn my AirPods Pro, if needed, on a transparency mode. So I love to hear the wind, the bird, and sometimes just walk, just listening to nature. So very, very therapeutic. Um, yeah. Highly recommended. <laughs> yeah. And and I absolutely, I love getting out and walking in nature, right? Some people really love nature. Others don't, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I love what you said, right? Even getting away from the podcast, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I I was in an acapella group in, in college and mm-hmm. was a huge fan of take six and, and the nylons and other acapella type groups like that. And so pitch perfect was a great movie for me. I really enjoyed that. Right. But for me, <laughs> even to be able to listen to acapella music now, or, or, um, one of my favorite songs is blackbird by the Beatles. Right. 
And okay. I was listening to it this morning and, and harmonizing and listening to it. And, and for me, that's to your point, it's very therapeutic, right? That's, mm-hmm. that kind of resonates with me. That kind of stuff resonates in, in, for my bot, my internal person. Right. And it mm-hmm. works with me very well. So mm-hmm. this is so lovely. Oh my God. I, I know that I booked 45 minutes. I, uh, I, if I may, I want to do like, Chris, anything that people should know, feel free to like throw it in for sure. And Ooh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Robin, thank Robin. you so much for your comment. We yep. love it. <laughs> for like, love me some Robin. Yep. I love the fact that, you know, maybe that that's in the work. My mom's an artist. I don't have dogs or pets. I love, I'm obsessed with dogs. I live in a neighborhood where they're just the most adorable dogs running around. I would literally run on somebody else in front of their houses and then start playing with their dogs. I couldn't do it for the longest time during COVID now with vaccination. I'm like, you know, like uh, it's awesome as a reminder that people are, you know, uh, that you have to go out and it's, it's fantastic. So (laughs) my people love it. And uh, so I want to talk briefly about gluten free and that is a discovery for me Real quick, people have heard this before on my YouTube channel even, but I did not want to believe I needed to be gluten-free. I grew up eating mm-hmm. some of these things and I still love, I have a sweet tooth for sure and desserts and all that. But then I was like, you know what? What the heck? I'm just going to try it. I did it many times for those who are listening. 30 days wasn't enough for me. For me, it actually started to really transform everything about 60 day in and for my friend Sean, it's about 80 days. So I hate the fact that this is not like a two-day, two-week thing for you to actually see the difference. And it was right. huge for me. What was it like for you, Chris? Yeah. So the reason I did it was because obviously there was a, a lot of gut health that issues that I was having. And I, I had struggled for, I don't know, 20 plus years, almost 30 years with gout. And so a lot of inflammation, a lot of things happening. And so my girlfriend who um, had and has celiacs, she helped me to understand it and, and kind of get a part of that. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen as I, as I continue on this journey, every once in a while, I'll have some gluten. I can do that. She can't. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, I'll have some gluten. And, you know, I'll have a pizza or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but I know where my, I, I know where I'm healthiest and I know where I feel the best. And, and really, it's about the inflammation. It's about the gut health and, and, what I learned for me is I can't do those things mm-hmm. continuously like I used to because it really messes with my body. Now, mm-hmm. some people are fortunate. They don't have those issues. Mm-hmm. Other people, they do have those issues. They don't realize it, right? Yeah, they don't so know. So it's, there's, there's a lot of great alternatives. There's a lot of opportunities out there. Uh, shout out to Sweet Lauren's Cookies, right? They, they yeah, write that down. Sweet Lauren's <laughs> Cookies. Um, I'm getting it. They are gluten-free and vegan, so they're they're and they're really good. Um, yeah, so check them out. They're in the in the uh, uh, refrigerated section. Anyways, so <laughs> refrigerated. Oh, I love it. They're, yeah, they're they're basically a um, what cut and cook kind of you know kind of thing. So, um, but wow. yeah, there's there are plenty of opportunities and plenty of things out there that are available, mm-hmm. um, and. So many of us, especially here in America, we don't realize the, all of the stuff that we get is processed, right? I mean, most of the foods that we eat are processed. And so I love the European and and even the Asian model where Mm -hmm. a lot of the foods that are eaten there are fresh and they are, they're, they're, they're whole, right? They're, they're Mm -hmm. whole foods. 
um, vegetables, fruits, and things like that, that you can actually um, go and pick and, and then you, you cook them and you work with them. Mm -hmm. uh, rices and things like that. I mean, all of those things are, they're available to us, right? But we're so used to this instant world that we live in that we want to go to McDonald's. We want to go to Burger King, right? We want to go and pick up our hamburgers and we want to make this quick and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there's plenty of alternatives. And so we're so used to the instant world that we're, we live in. I think that's such a quote that we can use because not just that digital marketing, how to build your business, how to make money today, right now. It's like, guys, extend out the timeline a bit. Uh, yeah. it's, it's beautifully said. And for me, it was a huge deal. I, uh, I remember just working and consulting business for 10 years for a solid decade. Of course, every day eating rushed meals, um, yeah. every morning coffee, no food in my tummy. Mm. And ever since my early thirties, it was just constant. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know there was GERD, uh, as, as a reflex, yeah. a lot of people had it, but I just had the worst, uh, not, not, not necessarily the worst, but I had an episode that I would, I was in the middle of rural China and I go to the emergency room and that taught me a serious lesson of oh, wow. thinking I was going to die. Oh, there's clearly a heart attack and it wasn't. So, um, yeah. all the, all these things we don't learn about our bodies in school and you don't know like how right. something's very wrong. And, uh, um, and then coming back to decide and, and, you know, once I suffered through that, it was literally a year, a year and a half. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep through the night. I have to get up in the middle of the night, yeah. hear my pounding, like my heart is pounding out of my chest, taking acid reflux uh, pills, and then always worried every time I leave the house. If I leave the house without, you know, ranitidine or something, I'm like, oh, God, this is, this, I'm, I'm going to like die halfway through right. dinner. Um, but then going gluten-free, it just resolved all of that. And I'm like you, Chris, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm celiac. So I have my little pills and then if I need to eat a, I don't know, like a mozzarella sticks or some breading on the outside, <laughs> <laughs> I just pop in the pill. But even these days I try to avoid that. Cause it's like, there's certain things you have to pay for. Um, uh, I have pizza and it's like, ah, oh, sciatica yeah. muscle pancakes, right? And it's like, it's not worth yeah. it. Yeah. And you know, it's, again, it's part of the awareness, right? When we mm -hmm. learn to recognize what's going on with ourselves, we don't, we don't have to live in the pain. I used to wake up every morning. Um, and I would ask myself, I'd sit on my bed and I would say, okay, what hurts today? Mm -hmm. That was the life that I was living. And I'd gotten to this point where literally every morning I'd wake up and go, okay, I do a full body assessment, right? Just kind of, okay, what hurts today? And I just, I remember waking up doing that every morning and going, why am I doing this? Why do I have to live like this? And so that, that was part of my kind of turn uh, with my health journey, right? And starting to move in a direction that said, wait, this, I've got to do something different. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And being a former athlete, I, I've learned to live with pain, right? I learned to live with certain level of, of, eh, this is uncomfortable. It's not a big deal. Well, for a normal person. Mm -hmm. this would be excruciating. Right. But mm -hmm. I'm just kind of going, eh, it's not that big of a deal. True. Right? I can, I can barely walk, but it's cool. <laughs> I, I know. Cause I, I was a form for, I, I was a skater skateboarding for uh, many years from like age nine to 15. I yeah. even showcase, Oh, look at these injuries. Look at all that. And then in high school, I played hockey in college. I was doing Taekwondo full time. So you're right. Very used to tolerating pain. I was very mm -hmm. proud of it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's actually not healthy. Not that we uh, have the demand like perfection or like I'm feeling perfect today. 
but I think we need to be very much, we need to be more in touch with our, our bodies. Um, for me, frankly, that wasn't really possible. I was really doing it right until I wait, I went freelancing that I can, when these days, very privileged to have to, to wake up when I want, you know, mm -hmm. and then to choose my hours to, to do these things and then to smell the flowers, to, to pause in my life. And I started to notice a lot more things going on with my body than I ever did before. So you're right, Chris, I think something you said, like whether it's meditating or taking that time for yourself, uh, you will uncover and maybe, um, yeah. you know, fix what uh, we're address certain issues a lot sooner. Yeah. Well, and it, it all comes back to if we don't take care of ourselves, how can we take care of others? Yeah. Right. Whether it's mentally or physically or whatever, right. We, if we don't take care of ourselves, how can we take care of other people? And too often we get in that codependent mode or we get in that mode that, that says, oh, I, I need to do this for other people. I know mm -hmm. business owners, right? That's why mm -hmm. I help these people is mm -hmm. because they're doing it all themselves and they're, they're putting this huge burden on themselves and they don't need to, right? You yeah. can help tremendous amounts of people just by giving them little tips and tricks, right? If they would just watch your videos, if they would just, you know, hire you to, to do some of the things that they, they can take that responsibility off of them. They don't yeah. need to carry the weight of the world. They really don't. Yeah. And that's why I enjoy doing what I do. And, and I know you do too, but we get the opportunity to give to other people and help them. Yeah. Right. And as I say, I contribute to other people and what they're doing because that's really what I get to do. I get to contribute to their success. Yeah, absolutely. This is so wonderful, Chris. We went over time, but I encourage people to take a look. You know, I included uh, the description, the the link. There's a link tree link that takes you to all of Chris's work and how to connect with him on social media. Check out his book. Um, but I want to just take a moment to thank you for whatever time that you have that you had today to spend with us live here different social media channels, but also this episode will be repurposed for Face World Podcasts on Spotify, Google, Apple, and other major platforms as well. So leave us a comment and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation, Chris. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. I'm going to take us offline now. Bye, guys. <laughs>